0: Hi there, I'm Caitlin Suley, and I'm an author, I'm a therapist, I'm a mom to three kids and I'm also a bit of a hot mess human. I know you don't have a ton of time, so I want to dive right into topics each week that matter the most to you. Listen in as I fly solo and bring on some amazing guests to have conversations intended to help modern women say yes to their own imperfect personal growth and evolution. We'll talk honestly about all the things that matter the most to us, like motherhood, career, relationships, overcoming anxiety, intimacy, so we can steer towards a life led by our values instead of our fear. Cheers. Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast episode of A Little Less of a Hot Best with me, your host, Caitlin Soule. It has been an exciting few weeks, an exciting month. Uh, As you know, I had the launch of my book um, in, gosh, when was it? March, March 15th, a date I never thought I could forget, but I suddenly have because that's how life works, right? March 15th, my book came out. It's been out for a few weeks. I've gotten such amazing response and feedback, most importantly, from you all, from the people who listen to the podcast. Um, sending me messages and notes and sharing about it on social media and I couldn't be more grateful and thankful and just really more inspired by kind of hearing how the book is impacting you and how it's you know hitting you and and how you feel like you can relate to the framework in the book which is this whole idea of imperfect personal growth and evolution so keep on sharing keep on talking about the book send me DMs. And if you haven't already, do me a favor, go ahead and leave me a review on Amazon. I know it sounds silly and it's like one more ask, but uh, the book is is doing really well. And I want to keep that momentum moving. And there's this weird little thing called an algorithm that I'm sure you've all heard of. And on the Amazon algorithm, for whatever reason, the more reviews, the more visible the book becomes for other women, moms searching for books in the space of personal development, motherhood, mental health, all the things. So that would be huge. If you haven't already, leave me a review on Amazon and Goodreads and just keep on sharing. All right. More news to come for the book club, by the way. I know I've mentioned it a few times here, and so, well, why don't I just say it? I'm going to go ahead and launch this book club, A Little Less of a Hot Mess, where we can meet up and just talk about the book, talk about motherhood, just a real, honest, supportive community space led by me, a therapist, so, you know, I'm going to really structure out the conversation so there is, you know, room and space to talk about things that matter to us, but also room and space for you guys to ask questions and support each other if you want. You can also just stay quiet and listen if you're more wanting to kind of like dip your toes in the waters of personal growth and and mental health but you're not really ready to 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 use your voice and that's totally fine. Sometimes we just need to listen and learn before we're we're ready to talk and share. So that's going to be launching the first week of may and so follow me at well notes for her jump onto my newsletter and sign up so you'll be the first to know um, how to sign up for that book club it'll be so much fun i'm going to keep it easy informal i want you to be able to like grab your favorite beverage and just jump on for you know some light and also uplifting and supportive conversation okay Without further ado, I want to jump into this week's topic, which I couldn't have Had, excuse the noise in the background. My husband and children are playing a game. It's spring break and they're home. So I will not apologize, but that is the noise that you hear in the background. And I say that because apology is a big issue for me. I'm constantly saying, I'm sorry. Like when I walk in front of somebody or I need to get by, or (laughs) the other day I was playing tennis with one of my good friends and I like, hit the ball and like, you know, scored or whatever, won the point, whatever you call it in tennis. And I was like, sorry. And then I was like, why am I apologizing? Does anyone else do that? Okay. Side note, something we need to work on. Getting back on track. I got to have the most amazing conversation with one of my colleagues, one of my favorite therapists who happens to be a coach. We've done some coaching work together around the launch of my book, Dr. Cassidy Friedis. Dr. Cassidy is huge on the online space of mental health and therapy. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's a mom to three, and she's based in San Diego, California, one of my favorite places, where she teaches part-time at the University of San Diego and works with new families at her private practice. She hosts the podcast Holding Space and shares mental health and relationship resources for new parents over on Instagram at Dr. Cassidy. So follow her right away, like as you're listening, you won't want to miss her content because she's real, relatable, and just so knowledgeable in the space of mental health, women's mental health, motherhood, and beyond. Um, Dr. Cassidy and I had this conversation, this very important conversation that we don't often have or hear about, about the role of anger in motherhood and how anger pops up for us. And sometimes, you know, people refer to this as mom rage and Dr. Cassidy and I actually talk about in this episode why we, and in fact, she kind of enlightened me as to why that term mom rage isn't actually a great term and what we should think of it or how we should think of anger and motherhood instead and how anger is this very human, normal emotion and like all the reasons why it comes up for us as we're very much like growing up alongside of our children. So tune in. I would love to hear what you think after this episode and like what it brought up for you. So if you're listening in real time, go to, after this episode, go to my Well Notes for Her account on Instagram and check out the post that I did about this podcast and leave us a comment or shoot me a DM because I know as a mom myself, and you'll hear in this episode, like, anger happens, it comes up, and I have yelled more than ever, more than I'd like to admit in the past couple years. One, because my children just happen to be at that like very trying developmental age and stage where they're pushing boundaries, there's just like a lot of needs, and sometimes not a lot of room, or should I say most of the time, not a lot of room for me to get my needs met. And Dr. Cassidy helps me in this episode and helps us understand that you know, sometimes we think that anger only comes up when, you know, we snap or, you know, for reasons that kind of are beyond our control. But what she points to is that anger also comes up for us when we feel like there are two things, like two, when there's like competing values, right? So when my child needs to get their need met, but I'm not getting my own needs met. And so the anger isn't because we're just like these bad, awful people or these like monsters air quotes here, it's because we're not getting our needs met. And so it can also, if we're, you know, able to keep an open mind, this anger can tell us a lot of information, like where are we missing the mark in our own life? Like, what are we not getting that we need? Or maybe how are we living in a way or spending our time in a way that isn't lining up with our values and the things we care about the most. So like I said, without further ado, I could talk about this forever. Let's just listen to the expert, Dr. Cassidy. Thanks for coming on. Okay, so I am here with Dr. Cassidy. I've already given you guys the formal intro, um, but Dr. Cassidy, thank you so much for being here today. It's such an honor to have you on As you guys heard in my intro, she is a colleague of mine, but she's also my own personal coach and I am just so grateful for her. She's got so much to share with us here today. So thanks
1: for being on. Thank you for having me. It's such a joy to be on the other side as a guest because I get to just come have this lovely conversation and then you got to do all the editing after the fact. (laughs) Right? Or in this case, my virtual assistant does the editing. and Yeah.
0: (laughs) But no, I agree. Sometimes when I'm podcasting these days, at, you know, as I've gotten to have conversations with people that I admire and I'm just so excited to talk to like you, I get lost in time and it makes me think about, you know, this is not the topic of today's podcast, but just side note, it makes me think about this idea of flow and like finding things that, you know, that really do bring you joy and how as moms we get so little of that sometimes. And so this podcast for me has definitely been like this
1: invitation into flow state. So thank you. No, I can definitely relate to that too. I remember actually one of the first like work things um, you could say I did after having our last baby was record a podcast. And I remember getting into that conversation and I was a little nervous at first because it had been a while since I'd had that kind of like adult interaction. And then I got in the flow and it felt like so connecting to that part of myself. And so I can just really relate to kind of setting aside the boundary and having these conversations and how fun they can be. And I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thank you. So, okay. So, you know, you've got your podcast, you've got online courses, you obviously have your own private practice. Um, And one of the things that I've been, you know, because I obviously follow you and, and, and read what you put out there in the world. I've done many of your courses. And one of the things that I love the most that you talk about so openly and honestly is this anger that we experience as moms, this frustration, this this sense of like overwhelm. And sometimes not only the anger that we feel, but the shame that we feel about the anger. And I think you just have such a, a beautiful way of talking about that in a helpful way. So I would love if you could kind of share with us like, one maybe how that sort of came up for you like how you identified that as a need to talk about and then we can kind of go into like to what you have to say about it but let's start there let's start with like how you identified this as a problem for so many of the women that you work with
1: i think a part of a part of the conversation has to acknowledge that like anger is a core human emotion that we're all wired for And so you're going to experience anger, but I think a lot of times what's unexpected and also putting it in context with the systems around us is that when you become a mother, you might not expect to find yourself feeling triggered and experiencing anger or frustration. And the world around you, if you identify as a mother, isn't going to necessarily make space for that. You know, even when you're assessed, your mental health is assessed, not very often (laughs) are you going to be asked about, are you feeling more irritable? Are you feeling more on edge? Are you feeling more angry? And even if you are, because of all the other messages and discourses you may have, you know, sort of absorbed throughout your life, um, being raised, if you identify as a woman, is is going to say, don't, don't acknowledge that you have anger. Like that's something that if you do as a mother, that's, and there must be something wrong with you, that you're experiencing this anger or rage. But anger is a core human emotion. We're all going to experience it. And when you look at like the stress response that we can experience as human beings that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response, one of those is fight. And so if the dial on your stress response has been ramped up, it's actually really understandable that one of those reactions to feeling overwhelmed or stress is going to be this sort of fight response, right? Which can show up as anger or rage. You can find yourself feeling like you're your hands get clenched, you find your heart racing, feel flushed, you feel that like sensation in your throat, like you just want to yell, and then maybe we do, right? Because there's plenty of reasons why as a mother you might find yourself feeling overwhelmed, overstimulated, or triggered. And so my desire to talk about it really came from the fact that, oh my gosh, we're all going to experience this because it's literally just a core human emotion. And I think that we need to demystify and destigmatize that sometimes anger can show up and can be sort of a signal that there's something else maybe going on for you, right? There's something, there's some sort of underlying trigger. There's some, there, you're feeling overwhelmed. You're not feeling supported, potentially. You're stressed. You're not sleeping. Um, there's so many reasons why all those things, right? And, and yeah, so I just, I wanted to just like bring this conversation to the forefront because anxiety, depression, postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, or just anxiety, depression on their own, they can show up through irritability, anger, or rage. And so it's just really important that we start to name these things so that somebody who's struggling can get support. And feel less alone, right? Because there can, as you mentioned, there can be the shame that comes. that's associated with it, and shame has a very isolating effect, where it kind of keeps us wanting to hide that part of ourselves, you know. And that that mom who's who's struggling and feeling that shame is maybe less likely to reach out and get support. So I've made it my my life's mission <laughs> to bring some of these experiences out of the shadows and into the light, so we can. Really talk about it, and hopefully through that through that dialogue, feel less alone and take a step to get support. Oh, I love
0: that, and I, you and I, I think share in that in that mission. You've you have just brought so much light to so many important mental health topics for women and moms. But this one in particular is so interesting to me because I identify as somebody who never like maybe in an unhealthy way, didn't experience a lot of anger or didn't allow myself to experience anger. It was probably more accurate. And until (laughs) I had children and would just get overwhelmed so easily, you know, and, and whether it was um, sensory input, too much sensory input was a big one for me. And I took me a while to realize that being touched out, you know, too much noise, whatever it was, and the pressure would just build and build. And then I would just find myself, I'm not a very, very explosive. Like I, I wouldn't say I went to rage, but I would just get irritable and snappy and yes, yell. And I get that that is a human thing and that we all do that. But what feels so bad to me, what has felt so bad to me about when that happens, and I think probably for a lot of moms is when you realize You're out of line with your values of who you want to be as a mom. Nobody wants to feel that way. But what I hear you saying, and it's so important, is that it is human, right? It's that fight, flight, freeze, fawn, right? And that we think of anger as this like thing that only bad moms have or, you know, we should always be so grateful. But when we can recognize that it's human, we can then have the grace for ourselves, right, and and go from there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I'm sure so many of your listeners could relate to the experience of, you know, maybe there not being space for anger, socialized to not really, you know, feel comfortable with expressing your the anger that you might be feeling. Yeah, I'm a people pleaser to the core, man. I yeah, <laughs> oh yes, for sure. Me as well. And but then, and and you know, you might throughout your life, before having children, might be able to kind of stuff that part of you away. You know, the part of you that feels angry. But then, once you have a child or children, yeah, there's just so much else going on, right? There's so many other. So it's it's a little bit more difficult to. Keep that at bay. And what I think is an important thing to acknowledge about anger is that I think it can really show up in two different roles. Now, there's the primary core role of anger, right? When when anger really shows up as that core human emotion, oftentimes we're all wired for that. Oftentimes it's showing up because our rights have been violated in some way or we're witnessing the rights of someone being violated. There's some sort of violation and anger You know, can once that that fight response is turned on, can give us the oomph, the energy to set a boundary, to say no, to defend ourselves, right, to stand up for ourselves or someone else. And so, in no way do we want to get rid of that part of ourselves, right? That part of us has a really important role and can be very much about our values. Maybe something happens and there's a violation that goes out of a that is out of alignment with your values and you witness it or it happens to you and you take steps, you know, with anger, with the data that anger is offering you to yeah, set a boundary or to protect yourself or defend yourself. So we need anger, but sometimes anger can show up in this other role, this sort of protector role. And, what happens there is there might be actually another feeling or emotion that might be a, a little bit more vulnerable. Now, anger doesn't feel great to feel, right? Um, can be overwhelming and can lead us to react in ways that doesn't feel in alignment with our values. But uh, sometimes that underlying vulnerable feeling feels even scarier to to really show or to express or to feel. And so that might be feeling helpless, feeling overwhelmed, feeling hurt, feeling sad. And instead of feeling ashamed, right? Feeling less than, whatever it might be. And instead of connecting with that part of ourselves and, you know, maybe communicating that part of ourselves to someone else and getting support around that, instead anger shows up as a protector of emotion and it's like, you know, kind of like st- I almost picture it like standing in front of that more vulnerable part of yourself. Um, and, and showing up in that moment in that space. And that can be those situations where, you know, we react with anger towards our child or towards our, towards our partner. Oftentimes this lands on the people closest to us, right? And then it just becomes this vicious cycle of feeling, you know, so ashamed of those moments, that shame leading us to feel even more like we need to keep all those parts of ourselves, like, hidden, which, as I said earlier, can keep us from getting that support. And so, you know, the reason I want to name this is I want to give people an understanding and a language for which they might be able to share with those around them what's going on for them. Or to say, maybe this is something that I could get support with and terms of reaching out to a therapist and naming some of these things with them without that shame kind of getting in the way. And so, yeah, I think it's really important to kind of unpack anger and its role in our lives and showcase the different ways that it can be showing up for us. That was such a helpful distinction. I don't think I've heard,
0: I think I've heard you talk about this before and I loved it how anger shows up in two different ways because so often we think about well, you know, there's this sort of, I don't know how you stand on this, but there's this belief that anger is always a secondary emotion. And I, and I, what I'm hearing you say, and what I believe is that it's not always a secondary emotion. And that first way it shows up, right. When our, when our rights are being violated or needs aren't being met, or we're watching somebody we love have that same experience. That's what I think it is for me in my own motherhood experience is when my needs aren't being met or my, in a way it feels like my rights are being violated. I don't know if that's kind of the right way to say it, but it's almost never about, you know, yeah, kids are kids and they're loud and they're fighting and I've got sibling stuff going on, but really it's when I am depleted and I haven't given myself the space and time to be a whole human. It's when I really start to experience anger because it feels like my rights are being violated even though they're not trying to violate my rights it's like my own doing so it's so interesting i think that really resonates with me a lot because anger doesn't i'm not trying to when i'm there are times when i think we hide under the you know the vulnerability of like not being enough or it's not perfect enough and then anger is easier to show but a lot of times for me and for a lot of moms these days i think it's just that overwhelm and just exhaustion and and not getting our needs met
1: absolutely. And so a lot of times when you know, client or when I myself, I myself in that in that cycle because still happens, right? I'm human just like you. And so when I when I notice that, what can be really important is, you know, out of that moment of getting triggered and losing it and yelling and however that anger kind of, you know, floods out of me is to take a moment to pause and ask myself, what got me here? Right? Like, you know, what got me here? And a lot of times it is sort of taking stock of my needs and going back to the, some of the basics. Like, have I been getting enough sleep? Probably not. Um, have I, like, have I been, have I ate anything today? Like, have I been drinking water? Like, have I gotten outside? Like, have I gotten alone time? And a lot of times the answer is no. Like, I haven't gotten enough alone time. I maybe haven't been having the best boundaries around sleep or asking for help you know with nighttime parenting to get better sleep. Maybe I haven't I haven't really ate a good full meal. <laughs> maybe I haven't been you know ha- I don't have any like boundaries around like breaks coming up so that I can get some alone time. you know It's like if I'm at work, I'm at work and then I'm home and I've got to be with the kids and when's the time for me? And so a lot of times it does come back to looking at some of my basic needs and also just like mental health, emotional wellness needs and exploring ways in which I can begin to set boundaries and or express my needs to those around me and get support so that I can refuel myself, right? If I have no margins, like one thing I know about myself is like I can get so caught in the cycle of like filling every moment up, right? And that leaves very little room for restorative rest. That leaves very little room for my brain to just kind of settle down from like the overwhelm of life um, and process what I've experienced and just, yeah, Figure, even figure out what it is that I need, right? And so when I don't have any margins, that tends to – and by margins, I just mean like space, right? Space, a moment, um, moments to rest. And if I don't have that, I'm so much more likely to lose it, to be impatient, to be snappy, to yell, to not be able to access the things that I do know in terms of how I would like to show up for my kids and my partner. But if I if I can't if I can't meet my own needs, it's gonna be very hard to meet everyone else's around me. So, um, oftentimes I have to kind of come back to that. And I think that that
0: speaks so much to what's going on right now in our world. I just saw today the American Psychology Association came out with a study. I think it was there was an article on fatherly, but it, it was from the APA and it came out with a study showing that over 70% or maybe, gosh, don't quote me. It's a cut, it was higher than 70% of parents are feeling stressed. Parents, not just moms, parents are feeling are feeling high levels of stress. And they were saying, you know, a lot of it has been this, this, a lot of like anecdotal comments were like, we feel like we haven't had a break in two years. We feel like it's one thing after another, whether it's COVID and then now it's like, you know, nuclear threat. And like, Ukraine. And it just, I think that that speaks to this idea of we're not g- having the time and space to get our needs met. And so we're having to work even harder to do that. And when that happens, when we, you know, as you and I know, when we feel more stressed, when we feel more anxious, we're much more likely to respond with anger. And I just wonder about the impact that that's going to have. Interesting kind of side note, you know, down the road on, on, our, on our kids' mental health and And all that. I wonder, you know, if this time will be marked kind of by the effects of that.
1: Yeah, and you know, so many of my clients come and start therapy because they have kids now, and they're um, whether it's their own their own stuff, their childhood trauma, or their own anxiety, or the anger that feels. Like they just lose control of it sometimes and it sh- or it shows up in these ways that really brings them out of alignment with their values. What oftentimes brings people to therapy is I have kids now and I don't want to pass this on to them or I don't want to screw them up. And you know what? I'm like, whatever brought you in, I'm glad that you're here. And now that we're here, like let's find a way to get to a space where you deserve to feel better. Like, you don't have to do anything to earn that, like, deserving, but you do deserve it. Um, You're so worthy of being in a space where you feel aligned with your values and, like, you have a relationship with anger where you know it's there and coming along and offering data about the world around you, but doesn't need to jump in the driver's seat. And you deserve that. And for sure, like, when you do that work, you're going to be more equipped to support your kids in relating to their anger in a healthier way. Um, but first and foremost, we got to get someone to a space of feeling like they are worthy of that too. Oh, yeah. I'm here like, yes, yes. Cause it's
0: all, it's also yeah, I a hundred percent both for myself and for my clients. I think that is just so important to know that we aren't just doing this work for the sake of our kids we're doing it for get our, for ourselves first and in whenever we do stuff to to improve ourselves or to heal ourselves of course it's going to improve the life of our
1: children and everyone else we love too yes and so i i hope that the listener you know knows that they're not alone like this is a these are conversations i'm having every day uh, i think one of the beautiful things about the work i do is i get access to, to somebody through time, earning my trust, you feeling like they can feel safe in the space and and share like what happens behind closed doors. And you're not alone. You're so worthy of feeling better, right? And a better understanding where your anger comes from and why it's so accessible in these in these moments and what your triggers are, what your needs are, to setting boundaries so that you can meet those needs that you have so that you can show up for your family in the way that's going to feel good, right? Aligned, like how you how you want the energy of your home to feel like, how you want these relationships to look like, what you want to model to your children. You're so worthy of that. and And what's really important is that you don't need to earn anything to be worthy of that. You know, when you think about a child – or a new baby. Like, Does that baby need to earn their worthiness? No. And you were that baby. You are that baby. Like you are that human that doesn't need to do anything to earn that worthiness of of, of support, right? Somebody just said that, Dr. Cassidy, was you're saying, somebody just said that. Was it you or somebody
0: who just, was such a good point. They're like, we're all just, if you think about it, we're all just a bunch of big babies walking around. Like we're all- Meaning, you know, in in reference to, it it might've been Glennon Doyle. I think that's probably it was in her podcast, Untamed, talking about this idea that like, we're all that little child inside still that like deserves all the love. And, and, you know, we forget that sometimes. So yeah, just kind of jumping off on what you said. I think that's such a beautiful reminder. We don't tell our child like, oh, you suck. You're not, you know, you're, you're not learning, you know, they fall down when they're learning to walk. We're not like, you're a horrible at learning to walk, right? We're like it's okay, try again. We just don't do that to ourselves and we need to.
1: Yeah, it's so it's so hard to off- offer ourselves that kind of compassion, but it's it's really it's a really important muscle to tone, right? That compassionate muscle because like you could do all the work and still lose it, you know, because you're human and perfection was never the goal to begin with. And I talk about this every day and I lose it on my kids all the time and my partner just get like with my partner get real immature or with my kids like just get so overwhelmed I just want this the noise to stop and I know that yelling is one way that I'm going to be heard and that definitely comes back from like that definitely comes back to like some of my old memories in my family of like how was I heard well if I got loud I'd get heard you know um, and what does that model to my kids, you know? And so, yeah. And then we're like, stop yelling as we're yelling. <laughs> Cause I'm yelling at them to stop yelling. Totally. that yeah, I've 100%. That was probably me this weekend. So it's like, how do I develop a relationship with this part of myself where I know that it's still going to like jump in the driver's seat once in a while, that anger, but I have a relationship with it that's compassionate that can you know, in the moment be like, or right after the moment, be like, all right, pause. What happened there? Hey, anger. Oh, you often show up in moments like this. Here are some of the reasons why. Here's the situation. And I'm going to give myself compassion. I'm going to forgive myself, right, for losing it in that moment. I'm going to go, I'm going to repair where I need to. And then I'm going to come back to trying to figure out, you know, what got me there and what do I need to do to meet some of those needs? How can I communicate this to my partner, to my support system so that I can and – to, and to my kids so that I can model to them how to repair and, and then I can move forward from that, right? Instead of just like – it can be such a – because shame is so sticky. It can be really sticky sometimes. You just get stuck in that space of just feeling like crap, right? And – I think that that feeling of feeling like crap is also data, right? But I want to quickly unstick myself from there so I can move forward and figure out how how do I break this cycle and how do I meet some of my needs so that I can, you know, take care of myself so that I can show up for my family in the way that I want to, in the way that does feel aligned absolutely you know it makes me think
0: talking about anger in this way and and before you and I press record we talked about this and I want to ask you about it here this this term mom rage and and why we think it's problematic but I first want to point out that because because the anger we feel I think in a lot of ways is justified in the sense of like when we're talking about the unfairness that sometimes happens in in when we're talking about equity in the home you know all that women are exp- air quotes here to do the lack of, you know, support and childcare. Like there's so many very real issues that you and I know about that. I think like when we, when we say mom rage, it's almost like, it's like putting the blame back on women for the things that aren't their fault in the first place. And these like systemic failures, that's a whole nother, I know like we're going, I don't, you know, that's a whole nother podcast topic, but what are you, tell me your thoughts on the term mom rage and, and, and kind of what I was just saying about, how maybe some of that anger is just this pent up, like,
1: sense that, like, it's not fair. I don't know how else to say it. Mm. Yeah, no, I think you're really speaking to something here. And I, I actually want to quote a colleague of mine, uh, my colleague Yara. She's a psychologist based out of Australia. And she shared a post recently. You can find her on Instagram, Life After Birth Psychology. And this is, what, this is what she said. I don't like the term mom rage anger because it suggests that when mothers experience anger, it's problematic. I feel this term pathologizes a normal emotional experience. And she goes on to say, no one says dad rage or dad anger, and it's no surprise given our patriarchal social context. The message is it's not a problem for men to experience anger, but it is very much a problem when women and especially mothers experience anger. And so... I first heard it as postpartum rage because that's kind of my wheelhouse is like the postpartum the postpartum season, and I think that it it was really helpful to give language to this because someone who's experience who's in the postpartum season and is, is experiencing rage or anger, finding themselves yelling, more irritable. It's, it's so helpful to be like, oh, there's a, there's a name for this. I'm not the only one. So I want to acknowledge that for so many people, when you give something a term like mom rage or postpartum rage, um, it can be really powerful to be like, there's a name for this thing I'm experiencing. I think it's really important though to then also be able to zoom out and be like, but how come we don't say dad anger, dad rage, right? Like, um, and all, you know, why, why does mo- what is why does when a mom experiences anger or rage, it needs a special term, and and I think that it's kind of this, you know, it's this sort of this piece here of it has not been we as women have not been socialized to feel like experiencing anger, expressing anger is okay, and I think that you know it, we can it, this can become then easily pathologized as well. I think, though, kind of to what you're getting to here is there is, because of patriarchy because of, you know, the sort of the gender inequalities in the home and in our world, the anger towards what feels like a violation of our human rights and of unfairness is not something that we should just ignore, right? And so when we're experiencing anger or rage and we're feeling overwhelmed, we're feeling stressed, I think it's a really important thing to be able to, to pause and zoom out and ask ourselves what are some of the systems around me that are contributing to the fact that I feel so unsupported and that I feel overwhelmed and I feel like I'm carrying the physical, emotional, relational, or mental load um, in in my relationships, in our family, in my different roles. And yeah, I mean, I think that the more that each of us individually um, pause and begin to relate to our anger in new ways and reclaim the driver's seat and set boundaries and ask for support, I think that we're each in that way contributing to dismantling some of the ways in which the you know, patriarchy has, has put us in these really, really bad, really awful positions, right? And unfair positions as women. And I think that it's also then going to trickle down as we dismantle some of these things for ourselves and in our homes. It'll also then model to our children, you know, what a balanced, fair, you know, supportive partner relationship could look like, or what it looks like to set boundaries and ask for help. And then maybe the next generation will be better equipped to navigate relationships and have a relationship with anger that allows them to still have it come along for the ride but not jump in the driver's seat and to not have the systems around them you know, put them in a position where you know they need to take on all the load themselves or not ask for help or keep those parts of themselves hidden. So beautifully said. I, as
0: you know, I talk a lot on this podcast and in my work about Eve Rodsky's work because you know I'm a big fan and I love she wrote Fair Play and it's all about this. But one thing that she says that really that I that I, I heard her say the other day and was like, dang, it was like that you know our whole entire economic structure is built on the shoulders of of unpaid labor, women's unpaid labor, and talking about labor in the home. And so this anger, this frustration we feel is valid, and so. I think, you know, pointing out this idea that how we can make changes in our own systems um, to help, you know, and, and and there's ways that we can start to do that and start that conversation, at least just be open to it, um, to address some of the, to let go of some of that weight of the mental and emotional load that we as women disproportionately carry. So that's another, you know, I think that's an important piece of it. But when we're talking, you know, and we have a couple minutes before we need to wrap up because I don't want to take all your time today. I could talk to you forever and ever about this. But I wanted to ask you about the course that you created for for moms who are experiencing anger. Tell us a little bit about that. And what are a few of the tips you share? I think you've shared a lot of them already. Yeah. Let's hear about that
1: mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, a while back, did a live workshop with my colleague, Carrie Locker, who's a postpartum nurse who's been very open about her own experience with rage after her baby was born and also during pregnancy. And we did a workshop together um, called Why Am I Yelling? Rage After Baby and Beyond. And then we recorded it and now it's something that anyone can access at any time. And so I'll share a link that you can share in the show notes for that. And yeah, through that workshop, I actually walk the participant, the listener through a visualization and an exercise that I will sometimes walk clients through that really supports you as individual figuring out your relationship with anger, you know, kind of where it comes from and why it's there and really supports you in beginning to take a step towards relating to this part of yourself in a different way. And there's also in there a lot of sort of tips and tools for, you know, in the moment and then out of the moment, how we can begin to break the cycle of, of rage and anger when it shows up in the ways in which it doesn't feel aligned, right? But also how we can relate to it in a way that when, you know, our rights are being violated, when we can begin to use the energy that anger brings with us to set better boundaries for ourselves, to get back in alignment actually with the things that matter most to us. And so, yeah, that's that's what that workshop is and that little course is all about. And I also have a podcast episode about postpartum rage with Carrie as well. And talk a lot about these sort of things on my Instagram account at Dr. Cassidy.
0: Yes. At Dr. Cassidy is your Instagram. And then you have your podcast is Holding Space. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a therapist who happens to be listening, Dr. Cassidy has an amazing therapist account, therapy account, Well, well, she helps therapists like you and me build their practice in a modern way. And that's holdi- at Holding
1: Space for Therapists, Right. Yep, and there's a podcast there too, and I have some courses for therapists as well because we didn't learn any of this stuff in grad school, how to market, how to grow our business, how to, you know, I think there's a lot of discourses in our field a field that is, oh, there's a lot of women in our field. So it's not surprising, but a lot of discourse is around staying small, staying invisible behind closed doors. You didn't go into this work to make money. And I I really think there's some beautiful ways that we can actually expand our reach and build really meaningful connections and businesses while also supporting ourselves, you know, um, and helping others. So that's my goal over there. <laughs> Yeah, you've helped me so much in that realm
0: at holding space for therapists. It's a wonderful resource. So many people ask me, like, how do you, how are you, you know, how'd you learn about this and that? I'm like, you have to follow Dr. Cassidy. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on and for all your support and your your tips today, or just your insight, not tips, your insight when it comes to to moms and and all the big feelings we experience. So thank you. And yeah, we'll chat soon.
1: Yes, I'll see you soon, Caitlin. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for choosing to listen to this week's podcast episode and for supporting A Little Less Hot Mess. One way you could really support the ongoing production of this podcast is by going to iTunes, subscribing to the podcast if you haven't already, and leaving me a five star review and uh, share what you like about the podcast. Another thing I wanted to point out if you're interested in dipping your toes in the water of personal growth but aren't quite sure where to start, I've got just the thing for you. I created a free Facebook group called A Little Less Hot Mess, a personal growth group for modern moms. It's a place that I share resources that I think will be helpful and we get to be in conversation with like-minded women and moms around the struggles and all the real stuff that comes with being a modern woman. So check it out. And you can also pre-order my book, which is called A Little Less Hot Mess, The Modern Mom's Guide to Growth and Evolution, on Amazon now. Lots of things coming your way. I hope you have a beautiful week. Cheers.